Good morning, church. It's great to see you. Uh, welcome to everyone that is here with us this morning and to everyone joining us online. And for me, it's a privilege to be able to share the word of God. Amen. It's always great to speak about God's word. It's always great to share our faith. And this morning, I want to share something from my heart to yours. Amen. And may it be from God's heart to ours. We all want to have lives of victory. Amen. We all want to overcome and we all want to have that victory. But sometimes we tend to forget that to have a victory, we have to have a battle first. Who likes to go to battle? <laughs> battle is, is challenging. Amen? So, but there's no victory without a battle, no matter what we face. So, ups and downs are part of life. And uh, if there were no ups and downs in our lives, you know what that would mean? That we would be dead. But we are alive. And ups and downs are part of our lives, are part of your life and part of my life. And I've gone through many ups and downs in my life. And in the last nine months, I've gone through a few more. But I want to share a message this morning, a message that is practical and a message out of my own experience. And what I'm going to share with you, the principles I'm going to share with you, I don't want you to see it as a formula or as a recipe. Because there is no such thing as formulas and recipes in the Word of God. There's the Word of God, full stop. Amen? And, and certain things that we practice in our lives and these principles that I'm going to share with you this morning, they are developed in our lives through our relationship with Jesus. As we, as we develop this relationship these principles become more and more part of us. And the more we practice them, the more easier they become. It doesn't always feel easy. But as we practice them, you know, anything that we practice often enough, eventually it comes naturally, eventually it comes easier. And it's the same with the Word of God, with the principles of the Word of God. When we practice them often enough, eventually it becomes part of us. And when a crisis arises or when a down happens, automatically we draw on those principles to draw strength for that situation. And this morning, my, the title of my message is Surviving the Ups and Downs. And it is possible to navigate and survive the ups and downs of, of, of life if we stay focused in the Word of God. If we stay focused on the Lord and His Word. And we don't try to do things in our own strength. We all know what happens when we try and do things our own way. Hello? 
So when we stay focused on the Lord, it is possible to navigate through these situations, through these downs. Is it easy? No. Is it possible? Yes. Answer me. Is it easy? Is it possible? And I want us to concentrate on this morning on the possibility that we can overcome them, that we can navigate and survive the downs in our lives. David is a good example of what I'm talking about this morning. David, he knew sorrow before he knew joy. He knew defeat before he experienced victory. He knew well what it would be like to go through ups and downs in his life. And he wrote a prayer. We read a lot of his psalms and a lot of them are prayers. And one of the prayers he wrote was the following. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? And every day have sorrow in my heart. How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, O Lord, my God. Give me light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. My enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. Psalm 13 verse 1 this prayer is not a feel-good prayer. And this prayer is not a feel-good message either, is it? Yet he's really spilling his heart and we, we can feel what he feels. What made the difference in David is that he kept his eyes on the Lord. And this was written long before David wrote the following words of praise. And he wrote the following. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. Oh, my bed, I remember you, oh God. I think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. I sing in the shadow of your wings. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. They who seek my life will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. Did you notice the difference between the first prayer and the second prayer, the first prayer, we could feel David's sorrow. We, we could feel his pain. We could feel his distress, his fear, everything that he was going through. But in this one, it's a completely opposite. He's praising God. It's like, it's like a mirror image, but in a positive way of that first prayer. And what made the difference in David's life? He learned to navigate the downs and climb the ups of life. How? 
How did he do this? By learning, leaning his heart unto the Lord at all times. And so can you. And so can I. You can survive the ups and downs when you put the following principles to work in your life, to work in your character. And I want to share some of these principles with you. And like I said, it's not a formula. It's not a recipe. You can, you can include these, these principles in your own way, in your own life as you find the need. These are the ones that have worked for me, that I have put in, in practice in my, in my own life so that I can navigate and survive the downs and climb the ups as well. And we must never forget that, you know, we only see God when we are down. No, we see God in our ups. You know why? Because when we are up, we are strengthening our spirit with the word of God. We are strengthening our relationship with God so that when the downs come, we are strong enough to face them and to navigate through them and overcome them. If we never see God when we are up, when we are down, you're not going to survive. Because the enemy is going to lie to you. And you're going to believe every lie of the enemy. You're going to believe the deceit that he comes to you. So we need to be filled with the word of God. We need to be filled with, with everything that he has for us. So that we can survive. So that we can navigate and survive through the downs. Amen. So the first one, we've, we've just completed um, a two, two messages on, on praise and worship. And I didn't take this because we've just finished a series on praise and worship. It's just to emphasize how important praise is in our lives. So my first point this morning is offer a sacrifice of praise. No matter where you are in life, offer a sacrifice of praise. Hebrews 13 verse 15 says the following, Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Sacrifices of praise are not emotionally based like we have heard. We don't always feel emotionally inclined to praise the Lord. Praise is purpose-based. You praise because you want to praise and thank our God. Amen? Now, we don't praise God because we feel like it. We praise God for whom he is. Because he is God and because he is worthy. Praise prepares our hearts. Listen, church. Praise prepares our hearts for God's word by steering away our attention from our problems and putting us in a situation that we prepare our hearts to receive the blessing of God. Praise is powerful and praise is needed in each one of our lives. 
Number two, rest in the Lord. Is it easy to rest in the Lord when you are going through a crisis, a, a big problem? And downs have different categories. There are big downs, there are lighter downs, but downs are downs. And we all handle downs differently. But resting in the Lord is very important during those times. Rest in the Lord, says the word of God, and wait patiently for him. That is in Psalm 37, verse 7a. Now, it is tempting to lament over our emotional roller coaster experiences. When we go through a difficult time, it is, it is difficult and we, it, we, we have the tendency to keep telling God in detail how needy we are and how he should actually answer our prayers. Don't we do that sometimes? When we go through difficulties, we say, Lord, I need this. I'm feeling this way and I would like you to answer my prayers this way. And this is why it's so important to rest in God because God doesn't answer our prayers the way we tell him to do so. And yes, there are times when we need to spill our hearts to tell him of our every fear, every doubt, every need. But when that is done, we can't remain there. We need to get up and move away from the lament, from the complaining, from the saying how bad we feel and how bad our situation is. We need to get up and to remain in prayer. And we need to remain with our trust in God, waiting patiently before God. Now, no matter how long it takes, when God works, it's always worth the wait. And sometimes we wait a short time. Sometimes we wait a long time. I have shared before in church about waiting a long time. We've waited. We waited 10 years from the time God called us into full-time ministry before it was fulfilled, 10 years we waited on God. 10 years we rested in God. We waited 8 years for my mom's conversion. It wasn't easy. But we waited. We rested in the Lord. We waited for our children 11 years. I think I can speak about resting in the Lord with just a little bit of authority because I've gone through it. These are just a few of the biggies where it's 10, 11, 8 years. But I'm thinking of another time that we also, we also had to rest in God, and that was the year 2009, 
when my mom was diagnosed with rectum cancer. And I remember that day so clearly, as if it was yesterday. We got the diagnosis, we spoke to the surgeon, he spoke about the whole program of chemo, radiation, and eventually surgery. And then I had to take my mom home, and I was strong for her. I was strong. I said, Mom, you're going to do this. You're going to overcome this. And I dropped her at home, and I climbed in my car, and I wept. And I remember crying all the way home. Sorry, but we, we're sharing life here, right? I want to share things with you that are tangible, that are real. Because we all go through different situations. And when we face our reality, sometimes we think, you know, nobody else has gone through this. Or I'm the only one feeling the way I am. How do others handle it? And I'm no better than you. I'm a child of God redeemed by his blood. And so are you. So I remember that day I drove all the way home. I cried while Deed waited for me at home with a cup of coffee. This was January 2009. And I remember sitting with him and pouring my heart out, lamenting what I've just shared just now, just lamenting, because I knew the pain my mom was going to go through. And I kept on saying to him, you know, it's... It's the pain and the suffering that she's going to have to go through. And we, we spoke and he chatted and he encouraged me and we spoke around it. And he, we remember speaking that day and Valdir said, you know what, it's going to be difficult. But I, let's trust God that at the end of this year, we're going to sit around the Christmas table and we're going to look back and we're going to thank God for the journey that God took us through. And that day in January, we decided to rest in the Lord. In spite of everything that was going to come, we rested in the Lord. We put this principle in practice in my life. And in my experience, it is then that the comfort and the strength of God come. When you put that trust in God. When you decide, I'm going to rest in Him. Number three, walk in His ways. You see, one of the key points in our lives is not only to walk in the ways of God, when we are going through difficulty. There's a tendency in people when they are having difficult, facing a difficult situation, then they phone the pastor or they phone a friend. Please pray for me, I'm going through this. And, and we help them in prayer. And, we, and then when it's over, when that situation is over, we can see 
they're not walking in the ways of God. You don't walk in the ways of God only when things are going bad. Remember what I said just now. You've got to strengthen your life all the time with the word of God. You've got to walk in his ways at all times. It becomes a way of living. You've got to strengthen your life, your relationship with the Lord, so that you can stand before God and you can have the authority and the boldness to be able to trust God and ask God when things are down in your life. Amen? Because you are honoring God with your life, the way you live, the way you walk, in everything. Do we fail in the meantime now and again? Yes, but then we get up again, we ask for forgiveness, and we continue developing that relationship. That's the secret. Isaiah 26, 8 says the following in number three, walk in his ways. Yes, in the way of your judgments, O Lord, we have waited for you. The desire of our soul is for your name and for the remembrance of you. And it is sometimes tempting to think that walking in his ways isn't actually getting us anywhere because we still have to face downs. God didn't promise us a life without problems. He said, in this world, you will have tribulation. Isn't that what the word says? So God is getting us somewhere. When we walk in his ways, we are getting somewhere. Isn't it more accurate to say that walking in his ways isn't getting us where we want to go? Because walking in his ways is going to steer us away more and more from our old ways and the ways that don't honor God. It is important to keep on practicing the principles of God's word no matter what. No matter how difficult the situation, it's important to continue practicing God's word in our lives. Walking or following God's ways means going against your own ideas, your own feelings, and your own inclinations. Because sometimes there's the tendency that you want to help God. And we've spoken about that before. And we know how that turned out, right? I spoke last year about Sarah, how she tried to help God in the situation. And what, has, what it was the result? We're still living today with the results of Sarah's trying to help God. So God doesn't need our help. He needs our commitment and our obedience and our faithfulness of walking in his ways, of following his ways. Amen, church? Amen. When walking in his ways, the Lord is always walking beside you. Yes. Amen? Amen? And when the Lord is always beside you, if you are aware that the Lord is beside you, you are going to want to please him. You are going to want to do what he expects you to do. 
And you're not going to follow your own inclinations. So by following God and walking in his ways, it's going to mean that we're going to have to do some forgiving. Oh. And that can be so difficult sometimes in certain situations. Am I speaking to the right people? Do you forgive easily? Hmm. But we need to do some forgiving. We need to love, to do praying, to do praising, to continuously worship God. Not because we feel like it, but because we choose his word above ourselves. Can I hear amen? amen. Number four. Don't give up hope. And there are so many opportunities when we are down to give up hope when we don't see the breakthrough coming. Lamentations 3.24 The Lord is good to those who wait for Him. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him. If you are waiting for Him, you are Walking in his ways. You are resting in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. To the soul who seeks him. Our hope is not in an hopeless God. Our God is full of promise, life and hope. Amen? So we know in whom we are hoping and we need not to give up. Our hope is not in answered prayers or changed circumstances. We don't only hope in God because he, he answers our prayers all the time or he changes our circumstances. No, we hope in God regardless. But in God, a God who change our heart and gives us a changed life. You see, as we do these principles in our lives diligently and obediently, our life changes. Our look on life changes. The way we face challenges changes. The way we, we choose to trust in God changes. Because we know that he's done it before. You see, as you do these things, you are going to, to start experiencing more and more the breakthroughs that God gives you. And next time there is a down, you trust even, even more because you know he's not a hopeless God. You know he's full of promise, he's full of life, and he's full of hope to give to each one of us. Sometimes our prayers don't get answered the way we expect them to be, right? And sometimes our circumstances don't change either. And what gives me the most hope every day is God's grace in my life. Knowing that His grace is going to give me the strength for whatever I have to face. Knowing that nothing is a surprise to God. 
Do you know that nothing we go through is a surprise to God? And he's right there beside us to help us along. And it is, it is natural for people sometimes to say, but why did this happen to me? And why me? Have you heard that before? When it happens to somebody out there, oh, shame, you know, they're going through troubles and they don't question God why most of the time. But when it comes close to home, there's this tendency, why me? We live in a fallen world and we will face trials and tribulations. We will face the downs in our lives, but we know in whom we trust. We know that God is not our lost hope. Is our, he is our only hope. Amen? We don't talk to God because he's our lost hope. We've tried everything. We've tried to do things our own way. We've tried to bring a solution to this problem this way or that way. And then eventually I go before God and I pray, no. He's not our lost hope. He is our only hope. Number five, trust in God. Isaiah 8, 17a. And I will wait on the Lord and I will hope in him. Have you noticed something common in all these scriptures that I am using? In all these principles. There's a lot of waiting. There's a lot of resting. There's a lot of hoping. Why? Because we have to keep our faith alive. We have to keep our trust alive in God. Amen? Some trust in chariots. We read in Psalm 20 verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Who are we? The children of God. We that have experienced his love, his grace, his faithfulness. We trust in God. So no matter how dark the moment or how depressing the outlook or how bad the news, you can trust God. Because when everyone else proves to be untrustworthy, God remains trustworthy. No matter who has betrayed you, just remember that he never will. Are you listening, church? Though you have been ridiculed and abused, you can trust God to affirm and heal. He can be trusted with the deepest secrets and the most precious desires of your heart. He never calls your important issues and dreams trivial. He hears you. He knows you. And as long as your dreams and, and your situations, what you desire is in line with the word of God. That is very important. So he never calls it trivial. No one can be trusted like God. We have people around us that we can trust our loved ones. I have a few people around me that I can trust wholeheartedly. 
But there's no one like God. Because even those people that I trust closely sometimes can and could disappoint me. But God never will. Amen. Keep trusting God. He's always in control, even when things seem to be out of control. Sometimes there are situations in our lives where we feel, oh my word, can anything else go wrong? Everything seems to be out of control. It's this and it's that and it's like I'm going through this situation and then there are all these side things that are going wrong. Can anything else go wrong? And you feel everything is out of control. Just remember that God has got everything under control even when you don't think so. Number six, speak truth to yourself. Lamentations 3.24, the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. See it again, hope, trust. Everything is around Vital and important words if we are to have a victorious life. When going through trials, it's so easy to speak negatively. Have you heard the world around you? Have you heard people around you? Oh, I will never get out of this hole. How am I going to get out of this situation? My situation is a disaster. There's no way out. I'm going to be miserable all my life. I'm not going to overcome. Have you heard people speak like that? You don't speak like that. No, I know. None of us speak like that. It's the people out there that speak like that. Right? Given the right circumstances, those words will come out of our mouth. mouth Because we don't see a way out. Because we're seeing it through our natural eyes. But our God is an awesome God. And that is why it's so important for us to keep our eyes on him. But it's important the way we speak. And it's important that we speak life into our situation and over ourselves. The world is full of lies and deceit. So there's enough of that going around. But God's word is full of truth and full of light. The world will tell you that you are worth nothing. Because sometimes people tell you that you are worth nothing. I've gone through that in my life. In school. Because I failed a test. And comparing me to my more... um, My brother was, was and still is a very clever man. 
and my brother just cruised through school and high school and varsity with flying colors. And, um, and then when I arrived at high school, there's Dio. I never failed any year, but I had to really learn and I really had to spend time with the books. And I never liked maths and I never liked science. <laughs> but when I failed my first maths test, who was my brother's teacher, he ridiculed me. He ridiculed me because I wasn't worthy of the name Martins. Because my brother wasn't, was good at maths. And I had a teacher for maths and science. I got so scared of this man. Mr. Van Skalkweg was his name. <laughs> that I learned physical science and maths like a parrot. I learned those formulas and I learned those things off by heart. Not to fail another test. And believe me, I went through my high school taking over 70s in those subjects out of fear because I was ridiculed. You see, we must be very careful what we say to people. Because, and, and I only shared this, this a few years ago with my brother. He wasn't even aware <laughs> that I had been ridiculed that, that way. And obviously, it's not my brother's fault. I love him. But what I'm saying is we can go through experiences in life that mocks us. <laughs> About 15 years ago, people tried to strip me of my confidence. And where I almost felt that I... I couldn't do anything because of what those people said and did to me. And God had to build me up. I didn't build myself up again. It was with God's grace that I managed to, to overcome that. So it's important for us to recognize when people are speaking negatively over our lives, are speaking negatively over our circumstances, and we need to overcome that. We need to speak truth, and we need to speak positiveness into our situation. Amen. The world will tell you that you are unloved, but God tells you that he loved you enough to send his son Jesus. He came to walk in the places you walk, to feel the feelings that you feel, and ultimately to give his life for your sins. Tell yourself these truths. Tell yourself that you are loved. Tell yourself that you are accepted. Because God is everything to you. Speak life into your situation. And you know what? 
I will go further in saying that sometimes people speaking to you will speak negatively over your life. Sometimes indirectly or even directly. Do you know that you and I as a child of God have the boldness and the authority to break those words in their presence audibly? I've done it. I've stuck my finger in people's faces. Ask my husband. I've stuck my finger in people's faces and I say, I break every single word that you've just said in the name of Jesus. Those words will not have power over me in Jesus' name. Even certain sayings that we develop and we, we say, you know, th there's a Portuguese saying that I, I just don't, I can't, I can't understand, but people actually say it. When they overcome a sickness or they've gone through an ordeal physically and, and, and at the end, you know, now I've overcome, I'm okay, I'm healed, I'm ready for another one. <laughs> what? Portuguese people, no, já estou pronta para o outro. Since when? That's from the pits. And once our eyes are opened with the word of God, we start identifying all these negative words, all these negative sayings, and we say, no, I'm not ready for another one. I break the power of that in the name of Jesus. And we as Christians have the power to do that. Because even as we speak to one another, sometimes something like that can slip up or something else. It's the way we encourage one another. It's the way we, we actually exhort one another to remind ourselves that what we say is important. The power of our words. And we've got to speak life. Not only to ourselves, but speak life to those around you. When somebody's speaking negatively of their own situation, it's our duty to stand and encourage them and say, no, you are going to be, you're going to be victorious. You're going to overcome this. The Lord's going to give you wisdom how to handle the situation and he's going to be there beside you and you are going to come through victoriously. Amen. Are we learning something, church? Amen. Amen. The last point, number seven. Enter into worship. Enter into worship. Give to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due to his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. First Chronicles 16, verse 28 and 29. Worship. Stormy O'Martian said the following. When we worship God, listen carefully. When we worship God, we open the channel through which God works most powerful, powerfully to defeat the enemy on our behalf. We confuse the enemy when we worship God. We confuse the enemy and weaken him to the point where he has to flee. Amen? And that is why it's important that we don't wait for Sunday. 
that we don't wait for somebody to usher us in into praise and worship, that we don't wait for somebody to lead us into worship, but that we enter on our own, no matter where and no matter what time. And then when we gather here on a Sunday, it's basically an overflow of our life during the week. Amen, church? Sing praises to God. Use words of praise you never used before. Speak words of love to him and draw close to him. You see, that's where worship comes in. You, you, you speak words of love. You speak intimate loves, uh, words to, with God and you get intimately close to him. And that is what worship is all about. And this is the only way we're going to continue developing our relationship with the Lord. To get closer and closer with him by developing all these principles in our lives. Worship is the way. And this is the time. Every time is time to praise and worship the Lord. Worship isn't an event to attend and watch. It's a lifestyle to be lived. Amen. So what we do yeah, on a Sunday morning when we stand and praise and worship the Lord, it's not only what we do yeah, on a Sunday. We should be doing that during the week. In our cars. In our kitchens. In our offices, wherever we are, we have the opportunity to enter into an intimate time with the Lord. And we must develop that, speaking to Him, staying connected with Him all the time. And following these seven principles will give you a smoother course and a straight path. They will add strength and consistency to your daily life. And like I said, again, it's not a recipe. It's not a formula to follow. It's a life to be lived. Amen? So the seven points are, offer a sacrifice of praise. Rest in the Lord. Walk in His ways. Don't give up hope. Trust in God and speak truth to yourself, and enter into worship. In closing, understanding your reality and bringing the power of God into it, you will experience God's blessing. You will experience the breakthrough. And just to finalize the story that I started with in the beginning of my message, in December 2009, yes, it was a difficult year, very difficult for us as a family to watch my mom's pain and suffering, but she overcame it. She's cancer-free for 14 years, and that, <laughs> praise God, on the 11th of this month, which will be in five days' time, it will be 14 years that she had surgery, and that was the last thing that she had to do, but she had 
to go through the radiation and chemotherapy, but she overcame. And in December 2009, we did all sit as a family around the table, giving praises to God and thanking God for the journey God had taken us through with victory. And we give him all the praise and all the glory. So my encouragement to you, church, is whatever down you are going through, just keep your eyes on the Lord. Put these principles in practice in your life. Walk in with God closely every day. Stay in a close relationship with the Lord. And when you come out of your down, during your up, Continue doing so, strengthening your life, and the Lord will give you victory, and your battles will end in victory. Amen? Romans eight thirty-seven to 39 to close. It says, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors, through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Church. This scripture says that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And it will only separate us if we allow it. If you and I allow the deceit and the lies that surrounds us to creep in into our relationship with the Lord, it will separate us from the love of God. But if we stay faithful, if we keep our eyes on the Lord, if we lean our heart just like David did to the things of God and to his word and his commandments, and we, we obey and we stay in discipline following God's ways, nothing will separate us from the love of God. Amen? I want to close in prayer. And I want to ask each one, if you are going through a down in your life, those online as well, if you are going through a down in your life, I want you to stand right now to your feet. It's life. We live. We're alive. So downs, ups and downs are part of our life. Remember what I said right in the beginning. But we can be conquerors. If we fight the good fight, we will survive. We will be able to navigate and we will be able to survive and become come on the other side victorious in Christ Jesus. Raise your hands before the Lord. And Father God, this morning... I come before with praise in my heart, with thanksgiving in my heart. And thank you for your love, your grace, your faithfulness that you have demonstrated to each one of us. We know that we are loved. We know that we are accepted. We know that we can be more than victorious in Christ Jesus who strengthens us. We know that our comfort and our strength 
comes from you. And Lord, you see each and every one that is standing before you this morning. You know their reality. You know their hearts. You know their needs. You know their cries. You know their burdens. You know their challenges. You know their realities. You know our hearts even better than ourselves. And Lord, this morning I pray that we will be able to build our faith and build our standing with you and our relationship with you in such a way that we will be victorious, that we will be overcomers. But while we are going through the downs, help each one of us to keep our eyes fixed on you, fixed on your word, fixed on your promises. And right now, Lord, as we walk out of here, that each one of us will know without a shadow of a doubt that you are beside us, that you are next to each one of us, that you are walking this journey with each one of us. So, Lord, help each one of us not to deviate from what you require from us. Because your condition is that we remain faithful to you. Remain faithful to your word. Remain faithful to your promises. Remain faithful to what you require us to do. To walk and follow you diligently and wholeheartedly. So I pray for that strength. I pray for comfort for each heart here this morning, those online as well, and those listening to this recording. I pray, Lord, that we will keep you close to our hearts and that we will walk through life and that we will survive and overcome the ups and downs of life because you are with us and because you give us the victory. And God's people said, Amen. And amen. Give God the glory. We praise and glorify his name. I wish you a blessed week, a victorious week. Be reminded of his word. Be reminded of his, what he's asking of you to do. And go in peace and have a blessed week and see you next week. Blessings.